Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. Hey, this is Gary Head at Signature Bank of Arkansas. We founded Signature Bank in 2005 with local ownership to serve our communities with the best bankers with the most authority to do business. We have succeeded in growing our bank to over $800 million in assets, including $50 million in growth in the first quarter in 21. We have 155 teammates that love our communities and the customers that we serve. We are always here to serve and eager to do so. As chairman and CEO, I welcome your call to have the opportunity to serve you. Please call 479-684-4700 or online at signature.bank and tell them that you heard about us at I Am Northwest Arkansas. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilbur. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm I'm excited to be with you today. We have a special episode. Today we are focusing on, you know, we always talk about the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life here in the Ozarks. Today, we're going to be talking about business and most importantly, entrepreneurship. I know that a lot of us have been going stir crazy in our homes, trying to figure out what our next steps are, what we're going to do, how we're going to make this pandemic pivot, whatever that is. And I think it's really exciting that I got a chance to connect with some good friends of mine. Actually, one couple I knew because they went to my church and we always stayed in contact. And when I found out that they had a business and they were doing this all under my nose and I had no idea, I was like, how dare you guys not tell me about this great business? And so this couple, her husband, and you're going to hear from her in a second, but her husband, Garrett Peters, came to me and said, man, you know, I would love to share our story once we get some things going. And so we'd been going back and forth for about a month and a half. And I wanted to hear all about this company, Duncan and Stone. And, you know, I said, you know, hopefully we can get something together. Finally, I am sitting at a dining room table in a lovely home here on the east side of Fayetteville 
talking to the proprietors for Duncan and Stone, and that's Stephanie Peters and Sarah Autry. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Good, Thanks, Randy. Good, good. You like all my, my movements with my hands. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I love it. So, so no, I, I, and that's the thing about voice, right? When people listen to this, they, you, you can only imagine what somebody's doing. And sometimes I say, I'm going to start videotaping these because that would add a, a whole nother level of intrigue. So, I'll but, show the energy. Yeah, exactly. So but anyway, I'm glad to have you guys here today. Welcome to I Am Northwest Arkansas. I would love for you guys to introduce yourselves to our audience and tell the audience a little bit about who you guys are before we jump into Duncan Stone, because I always think that people's stories are important. So Stephanie, why don't you go first and, and just give us your quick superhero origin story, and then we'll hear from Sarah and we'll kind of merge these stories together. Okay. Well, I graduated from the University of Arkansas in 2007, and then I went on from there to get my master's degree in teaching. And so I actually never taught though a day in my life. <laughs> so <laughs> I am what I call a teacher dropout. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I think I was really young trying to pick a major. And so that kind of, I went from there and I started working at a counseling center in South Fayetteville and I loved it. Like I was like, this is what I want to do. I love pouring into people. It was just a really great niche for me before I was having kids. And so I worked there for a couple of years and then I got pregnant with my first son and it was like, okay, I'm going to stay home now. And so I was a stay at home mom for years. And so during that time, I was working full-time at my house. But at the same time, I had a niche and I'd, I always was dreaming and sketching on paper and thinking of new products that I wanted to do or launch. And I would like fiddle with different things, trying to figure out what would that product be if we were going to launch a brand. And so I always told my husband, like, I want us to do this together. I would love to be in business together. But the idea of that was so overwhelming of like, God, you have these ideas and these dreams and you're sketching out on paper. How do you actually make that into a business that's successful where he could actually step out of a career and do that? And so that was always basically that's been the last nine plus years has been raising kids and dreaming on paper and also, you know, trying to try new things. Say, will this work or will this work? And, and so here we are, you know, a year into our company and I'm just kind of my husband actually left his job a year ago or sorry, just recently. We've been a year into this company and it's just kind of a crazy place to be right now to think that we actually got there. We've created a brand and a brand successful enough that he now is doing it full time. Absolutely. So. And you didn't do it alone because you got right. a partner. Here, I do. So. And, yeah. and, and, you know, it is a good yin and yang. Tango, it totally so. does. <laughs> this company could not function without Sarah. So. Right, right. Well, Sarah, go ahead. You're, you're teed up then. Yes. Yeah, thank you. So I moved to Northwest Arkansas in 2005 to attend the University of Arkansas. I also got an education degree and then an education master's. And I also never taught a day in my you guys life. Are like twins. I yeah. mean, it was like we, we didn't know each other in college, but we were running this parallel path. I know. And then we actually met. I, I got a job at the same counseling center, and that's where we met. So we kind of bonded immediately over, you know, how much we had put into our teaching degrees and then never used them, but loved working with people yep. in the counseling center. Well, they, they've served your family well. Yes, yes exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my kids <laughs> uh, appreciate, especially during the pandemic, having a pseudo teacher as mom. Right. But then we just kind of continued with that parallel universe. Mm -hmm. We got pregnant. We both have three kids and all three of them are the same age. So when she rolled off of the counseling center to stay home, I got pregnant and then I decided to stay home. Then we kind of raised our kids at the same time. And I can 100% attest to all of Stephanie's entrepreneurial adventures the whole time. It was like every month she had a new, oh, you know, I was thinking, what about this product? Like, do you think that people would want to buy this? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, we always joke, like I'm the creative and Stephanie's the boss lady. So she had all these projects and I was just over here going, I made this really pretty like card that people could buy. And I think it will bring beauty into the world. And <laughs> so we were kind of, yeah. you know, it was like for years, we kind of were in these bubbles that now we've seen how they've merged with Duncan and Stone, but yeah. we were already doing those pieces that are so innate to both of us, but we were doing it separately. And then eventually it just made sense to combine and do it together. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And I think sometimes, you know, it's like that, that people will... You know, you'll have an idea or there's something that you have a predilection towards or that you have an excitement about and it won't never, it won't fully manifest until later on. And mm -hmm. a lot of times we, that's why I always tell people to look back on the things that you used to be excited about when you were younger mm -hmm. or things that you used to do. Like I had a friend that opened a bookstore and her mother told me that when she was five, she acted like she was a librarian for like, mm -hmm. that's all she would do. And she would like 
let mm-hmm. people in the neighborhood take out books from her and all that stuff. And, and, and then she, she started a bookstore and That's awesome. yeah. And so, I mean, that, I, you know, I tell people all the time, don't ignore those, those signs, right? They're mm-hmm. there for a reason. So, so, okay. So clearly we understand your story. You guys are super moms that have super teaching degrees, multiple, <laughs> multiple degrees, but then you pivot and you ultimately decide based on some of the things that you're out there trying out, we're going to start a business and then Duncan and Stone is born. So I would love for you just to kind of share how, how that really came to be. Yeah. So I would say a little bit of the backstory of how it started was, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners can understand and identify with this. I, as a stay-at-home mom, my husband was the primary income earner and it was enough for us to live, but it wasn't, there was not a lot of flexibility. And so I was always looking for something like, what can I do to bring in a little extra cash to, you know, send the kids to summer camp or, you know, go out to dinner instead of making food every night or whatever. And so I was constantly evolving in these, you know, first I was making handmade greeting cards. Then I moved into an invitation business. And so I started an Etsy shop where I was selling invitations which was a great side hustle financially, but was a major time suck in terms of being a full-time stay-at-home mom and trying to run this business on the side. Because it was just you. It was just me. So I was doing it, you know, evenings, weekends. And so I told Stephanie, like, I just wish I could figure out a way to be able to still make, you know, these extra ends meet without having to use all of my free time and feel like I'm just working 24-7, seven days a week. And one of the items specifically that I had made were pregnancy prayer cards, which matched up the development of the baby by the week. So how your baby's growing, you know, at week six, the lungs are starting to develop and then a way that you can pray for your baby. So, you know, this week we're praying that your child would use their voice to stand up for others that need help and then Bible verses that would go with that. And we love this. And Stephanie kept saying, this could be a real thing. Like you could really make this into something. (laughs) And me as the creative, I'm like, oh, business, like money, you, like that sounds hard. You know, I didn't want to. And she's going, no, this is exciting. And so eventually she just kept, I always say, Stephanie just, she's like the edge pusher. She just pushes me over things in the best way, usually (laughs) where it's like, I wouldn't have done it if it weren't for her like business minded, energetic spirit. So this would have been last like summer of 2019. Mm -hmm. Stephanie was like, I really want to do it. Like, I know we've talked about this forever and I want to partner with you. Like, what if I did the business side and you just got to do the things you love, the creative? And we molded around for a little bit. And in the fall of 2019, we, Stephanie was like, we're doing it. I found a place for us to go. I found a training camp where we can go. It's called Paper Camp. It was all about for entrepreneurs learning how to launch their products. And she was like, I'm paying for it. Get on the plane. We're going and we're starting a business. That's funny. So yeah. wait, paper camp is yeah. what was was and it was geared towards people that were doing things with paper. Yeah, legitimately, legitimately. Right? Yeah, that's why I tell people all the time it's it, it's all about the niche, right? Yeah. I mean, you could have gone to like a hyper generic entrepreneur conference, right? That could have been trying to satisfy everybody's needs, right? But you chose a camp that dealt with paper. Mm-hmm. It makes right. perfect sense. Right. It's genius. Yeah. Yeah. And that I tease so Stephanie genius. now because the, the first couple of months we were launched, people, she, you know, people would be like, oh, so what do you do? She's like, I'm a small business owner. It's great. You know, we, we, and they're like, what kind of business? And she'd be like, we're a paper company. Yeah. Like, and every time I'm like, you're not Dunder <laughs> Mifflin. We're not a paper company. We're not Michael Scott paper I know company. There is paper involved, but that's not what we are. <laughs> you're like, this is why creative is left to Sarah. And I read the numbers. That's so. funny. That is funny. A paper company. You say Dunder Mifflin. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So, okay. So you go to this camp, you guys decide that, okay, this can actually work. What hand did the pandemic play in you being able to really kind of drill down into what your focus was going to be, your product offerings, as well as more importantly, you know, who your target market was? Right. I mean, honestly, some of it was just, man, it was just the Lord. Like, I mean, I even look back at Sarah and she was going, you know, I had this invitation company, here comes the pandemic. And that extra income just disappeared because it was all based around invitation. So yeah. you don't have a baby Nobody's shower. No one's ordering a baby shower invitation. And yeah. so, and it just happened to be that the first month of launch was the first month of our pan- of the pandemic. So we launched February of 2020. And so we had, that means that we had already designed the product, ordered the product and received it and had it live on online February 2020. 
So right as income dropped, Duncan and Stone took, you know, basically filled that gap. And so so some of it you go, well, how creative were you? And we're like, well, I mean, we didn't know it was coming. It was just happened to be that all those things collided at the same time. But I think it honestly, it drove our business because so many people moved e-commerce. It was like, we're not going to go into a store. We're not going into Barnes and Noble, you know, but I still want to give someone a creative, thoughtful gift. And so they were just Googling it and going on Etsy where everyone's going, Etsy is a great place, a great marketplace to get that thoughtful gift. And we happen to be the one filling the gap. So, yeah. And I love, you know, when I, as I'm hearing you talk, I'm, I always think about when people say, Oh, well, you were just lucky. And I said, well, no, not really. I mean, you, you were just at the time where opportunity met preparation. Yep. You were prepared and you, and the opportunity presented itself. So you were mm-hmm. like, Oh, well, let's do this. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I would add also, I think a part of that, like you're saying opportunity and the idea of being at the right place at the right time. So our products are keepsake memory books. So we start with pregnancy, you know, prayer books, a prayer journal for moms, and then we move into childhood. And then from there, that was our initial line that we were just focusing on pregnancy and childhood. And now we've moved into keepsake recipe books and legacy books for grandparents to write down their memories for their family to pass down. And I think what happened in the pandemic was everyone was all of a sudden at home with nothing to do. And they went, you know what, this is a great time to catch up on the baby book that I never filled out for my kids that I always meant to. Now I'm just sitting here with hours. And so we saw these, we went, what's going to happen? Like the world just shut down and we launched a business. We put all of our eggs in this basket. And in return, orders started pouring in Mm. because people went, great, I'll just sit down and write. What else am I going to do right now? Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I know that I've studied different niches and I know that there's a huge scrapbooking community, like a huge, like they have their own podcast. They have, I mean, you name it, they have it. And so mm-hmm. have you been able to kind of tap into that group? It's been surprising when we get customer photos, the number of people, you know, we laid out the books. It's more for writing, but we have blank pages mm-hmm. throughout all of them. So you could do whatever you want. And so many people are using them as scrapbooks, layering photos and keepsakes and captions. And it's been beautiful to see the way that each individual person has been able to make it their own. Yeah. And that's interesting because I think there's been such a move to go digital for everything, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there is something tangible about being able, the tactile nature of touching paper and being able to kind of leaf through. And, you know, my wife and I will go through, like I I made, it it was kind of corny at the time. So Guys on the on listening to this podcast, don't judge me, but uh, <laughs> I made it. I made a book for my wife before we got married, and it had it was red and it had all this stuff on it, and I put some glitter and other things on it. I was really trying to, I was trying to get in You're there. You right? with the glitter, yeah, you I went all out. I went all out, yeah. So and, and and like nobody has seen this but my wife, so it's not like you know. But the bottom line was that that really made a difference. But I know we were we had been going through and cleaning out some things because that's what you do when you're in a pandemic is that you purge everything that you have right. that you need to get rid of. And so mm-hmm. we were just looking at this book and we were like, wow. And it just brought back so many memories. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was really powerful from that nature. And you don't, I don't know that you always get that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, you, some of you guys, if you're on Facebook, you get those Facebook photos that will m- remind you seven years ago today, this is that. Like, so we see some of like my youngest son. And we're like, oh my God, he was so cute back then or any of my kids. And I'm just like, I remember those days. And that's why I always tell people that with kids don't blink as they grow up so fast. Mm -hmm. But these books, there's something about having something tangible that you can touch and see and even smell. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, it just, it just, it, it's, it definitely, I think in my mind, it stands the test of time. So I agree. I mean, we wanted to be able to share stories from generation to generation, but more than just hearing the story, like there's something so tangible and sentimental about seeing someone's handwriting. So like the legacy journal, my grandparents died before I was old enough to realize I wanted to know their stories, you know, before I got to adulthood. But I now have letters, love letters that they wrote to each other and looking at their handwriting and going, man, what if I had a whole book that wrote out their whole life story in their penmanship? How beautiful would that be? Yeah. Well, you you got me thinking about the notebook, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I could see that. That was such a great movie. And I don't cry at movies that often, but you know, you start start to Mm -hmm. get that emotional context. And I was sitting somewhere just listening to the story of, of the power of words and why words matter so much and how, you know, it's a shame that sometimes from generation to generation that were those words and ideas and thoughts and experiences aren't transferred from one to the next. And so you guys with Duncan and Stone are actually are allowing people to do that. 
in mm. a very unique way. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. So so tell me, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you face? Because I know that business is not easy, and yeah. I don't want to make because when I you know when I sit down, especially with and I was telling you guys this off the air, but when I meet with entrepreneurial folks here in Northwest Arkansas, I love for them to kind of share the good and the bad because. I don't want people to think that, oh, you can just step out like you guys just did and, and all of a sudden everything's going to be hunky-dory and people can quit their jobs and all that. Sometimes it takes a while. But what have you guys learned in this last year that has really like set you up for success? And what was maybe what was one of the hardest things that you dealt with and what was something that you thought was going to be difficult, but it actually really wasn't? So I was touching on what you just said. I think the first lesson that we learned and are still working on is the idea of work-life balance. When you're an entrepreneur, but that's not your primary job, you know, like you just said, you can't just go, hey, I had an idea. I'm going to leave all of my other responsibilities behind and just focus on this. You know, both of our husbands work full-time at their jobs and they've helped out with the business. And then Stephanie and I were full-time stay-at-home moms. So there were a lot of after work hours and a lot of double time hustle. And so figuring out, prioritizing within work, the things that have to happen now and the things that are like, we would love to do these, but they need to be shelved because we have to have some time off if we're going to be healthy and not burn out. That was for sure one of the big things I feel like we learned in our first year. What do you think, Steph? Yeah, I think that it there's a, several different things. We learned through a lot of failure, like a lot of mistakes that we made where we were just going, man, hindsight 2020, we would have done that a lot differently. Like we're just gonna be like, we have to have this product finished and sent off to the printer. You're going to tell about Dear Dother. Dear Dother. Yeah. And so, you know, like we were just, we were really excited about this new childhood keepsake journal that we had made for, for this. Anyway, so we, we got to print, we sent it off, man, this is going to be amazing. We got the copies they're, back. They're titled Dear Son and Dear, Dear Daughter, Daughter, depending on yeah. Yeah, your gender. And so we got them in, you know, the early shipments in, and we're like, we love them. And then we got the bulk in, and we started, you know, Sarah sent me a picture. I was like, what's wrong with this? And I was like, I don't know. It looks great to me. And she's of the, like, of the spine of, of the, the journal. Spine of the journal. And Dear Daughter was spelled wrong. It is spelled Dear Daughter. And we have a thousand copies coming <sighs> in that is not right. Wow. And so, you know, where you just do things where you're like, get really excited and you jump the gun and you pull the trigger really fast without sitting down and going, we should really think through that before we just like, <laughs> and we thought that we did. And we obviously- It was just a proof that you Just a proof, yeah, you know, yeah. that we just had looked over the spine. And so now we have a thousand pink and- If anybody cream. wants to buy a discounted Dear Daughter, <laughs> you can email <laughs> Garrett at DuncanStone.com. Or, or if you have so, a, a child named Daughter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can go ahead and buy that one. Exactly. Keep that for so, your, buy oh, all of man, them. Man, that's that's. We'll give them to you. Yeah, and and I think those those are um those are all growing pains, right? I mean, you just kind of right. deal with it and move on. So yeah, and there's the balance of work life balance. I mean, serious, right? Garrett was working, I mean, forty hours a week, and then we would put our kids to sleep. And a lot of people were like, "What shows are you watching?" And I'm like, "We're not watching any shows. Like our kids go to sleep, and we're working until ten, ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night." And that was just a season. I mean, there's a season for everything, but there's just certain seasons you have to put your head down. And go after it, you know, and but at the same time, you have to be really careful on not burning out. And so it was just a really fine balance. And so it was around Christmas time this past Christmas, mm -hmm. we came back out of Christmas break. And I just saw how stressed he was like here it was from working a job and a half. And we're like, something's got to give. And so... Anyway, so that's kind of where we landed, where we currently are. Right. And then he left his job. So to yeah. focus more with you guys. And so I understand that your garage has kind of become kind of de facto warehouse. Yeah. Right. So you can't park your cars there probably. Well, we have storage at, we have a storage facility oh, that we keep all of our journals. Yeah. So he's constantly running to the storage facility, grab more boxes. Right. Yeah. Right. But we're fulfilling out of the garage. I got yeah. you. Yeah. And that's something to be said for that. I know, you know, I was looking at, I met the people that created uh, Boom Chicka Pop popcorn company oh, yeah. that sold, I mean, he sold it for like, I don't know, 400 or $300 million ultimately. But the way he started mm -hmm. it was literally by buying a popcorn maker and putting it in his garage and making mm -hmm. kettle corn and taking it to events. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's that's businesses are garage based. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's something to be said about building something out of the garage. Of course, we know about HP, Apple technically. Steve Jobs was in his parents' garage when mm -hmm. they, he and Waz built the, uh, the first Apple computer. So, you know, there's something, it, there is something special about that. And, uh, you know, like they say, you, you don't d d despise small beginnings because mm -hmm. they lead to big things ultimately, right. especially if you put it in. So what is next for Duncan and Stone? 
what are you guys hoping to now that mm-hmm. we're, we're we're hopefully coming out of this pandemic soon? I mean, I, I still feel like we've got at the time of recording this, we're in early March of 2021, and you know, no matter when you're listening to this, hopefully we'll be out of the pandemic by the end of this year. But but what are you guys? What do you think you're going to be able to do differently now that things are starting to loosen up as far as that's concerned? Yeah. I think the where we're currently heading is trying to figure out how to tap into social media influencers, like how we can market differently. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a whole learning curve right now. Like we're just babies walking into a whole nother world of the influencer world, how to partner with them. And so we're currently working on some deals with some influencers. And so we're just trying to get our feet wet, yeah. you know, navigating that, which is, it's a learning curve on trying to figure out how to balance your inventory and just making sure that you're doing it the right way. So, yeah, and I think it is. I mean, you you bring up a good point about influences, which even just 10, 15 years ago wasn't a, a thought, right? right? Before it was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, are we going to get some press or something? Now it's like, well, these all these women or these people, you know, talk about paper or they talk about this or that and they have audiences of the kind of quote unquote avatar client that we'd like to connect with. Right. So we need to, we need, we want them to talk about our product. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's a newer, that's a newer thing with regard to businesses. And I think a lot of that is predicated on the point of trying to build relationships with people because those relationships can open up doors that maybe you can't open yourself, but they know people that, and in this case, those people that they know are the people that they are connected with through social media. And, you know, they have big platforms and and you're able to leverage that individual's platform to share what Duncan and Stone is doing. So, right. So that's, yeah. that's our goal. So, we're just trying to figure out. I mean, it's literally like we're babies learning how to swim. And I that's mean, fine. and then that's fine. I mean, it's like we're year one and we're just moving into year two. And so, it's just constantly going to be a learning curve on, on growth and figuring things out. So, it actually makes it really fun. It keeps it exciting for me. I love learning new things and having to figure out and navigate that new, that new trajectory that we're going on. So, yeah. I think that's been one of the really helpful things also that we've learned is that all four of us bring, four of us, meaning Stephanie and I and our husbands, bring something different to the table and trusting each other to go, you know what, that's in your department and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to delegate and let go. I think, you know, because the initial product was something I'd been selling for a while. I had to like, it was a slow process of me releasing like control and being like, you know, someone else is capable of this because clearly I can't do it all. And so a lot, you know, allowing each of us to thrive in the area that we are has helped us, I feel like, in managing things. Like everything Stephanie just said, I'm like, so help me. If she put that on my task list, I would melt down and be like, I quit the company. I don't want to contact people. I don't want to write contracts. Like, but she does the same thing when I'm like, but look at these 30 fonts. Like this one's really different, right? She's like, sure, Sarah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think, yeah. And you kind of, you have to know what you, what you're good at too, right? I mean, and I think that's what makes a team strong is that every member of that team has a role. And if Mm -hmm. they know how to play it well, and if they know how to execute properly, it makes all the difference in the world. Two heads are better than one. Anytime. I mean, I wish I had a co-host for this podcast or something like that. Not that I'm I'm, I'm auditioning for one. I'm just saying it would be nice to have somebody else to kind of play off of and have a foil and kind of go from there. But, you know, technically my co-hosts are people like you, you're my guests. And so I, I kind of work off of the energy that you give me for each episode that I do. But I think that's, you know, that's something important. And I know a lot of people from a business perspective frown upon partnerships because they don't work and, and uh, you know, and I don't know how you guys are structured. I'm assuming you're probably a corporation or something like that. But but yeah, I mean, it, it just, you know, partnerships can be a challenge, I think. And so there are certain types of business structures that may be beneficial and may not be. So it really just depends on what you're, you know, what you're comfortable with. Right. And picking the right partner. I mean, I don't know that we would have done it if we hadn't been so yin and yang. Like we knew we're not probably going to cross over a lot in terms of our task because we're so different. And before we started, we had multiple like really long sit downs. Like what would this look like? How do we keep friendship and business cohesive? And I know that that doesn't work for a lot of people, but I think because of our personalities and how we do bring such different things to the table, it did end up being a really good partnership for us. Right. And it helped too that we had already worked together for a couple of years. So we knew kind of what that balance could look like and that we knew that we had already seen it play out once before where we go, man, we would let, we always joked raising kids. We're always, well, man, it's so fun if we got to work together again. Yeah. Like, let's figure that out. That would be really great because yeah. we really, 
saw for those several years that we were together working to go, this actually balances really well. And so that was helpful moving into Duncan and Stone, I think, having that past experience. Yeah, it, it is huge. And that's one of the things that I tell people all the time, especially working in in work environments, is that when you manage people's expectations properly, mm-hmm. the outcome can be really great. When you don't and you assume things or you just say, oh, we're going to start this business. And when we get down the road, we'll figure that out. Now, you need to have those mm-hmm. conversations early oh, and often. What are sure. we going to do if this happens? Yep. What are we going to do if that happens? Yep. What if somebody dies? I mean, anything can happen, right? So you have to take all that into consideration. So, mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And when I tell people when they're creating a business, you're creating technically a living, breathing thing. And right. this is your baby. And you got to take mm-hmm. care of it. And if you don't take care of it, it's going to fall by the wayside. Right. For sure. So. Yeah. yeah. With you. Yeah. 100%. I know. 100. You, guys, you guys are living it every day. So. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what is next for Duncan and Stone? Not necessarily, well, but product wise, but I mean, where, where do you guys see yourselves in the, in the coming months or maybe the next few years you'd like to be doing what? From the creative standpoint, I think, you know, one of our big goals is to have a journal for every season and for everybody that anybody who would come to our storefront online or it, seeing our stuff at a retail store would go, there's something for me. You know, mm-hmm. we, we want to be beyond just women or parents or something for everybody. I think from the holistic business perspective, we would love to see ourselves growing to the point where Stephanie always says, what do you always work work on the business, not in the business. Yeah. How, do you, how do you say it? That's, so, that's Michael Gerber's email. So, yeah, yeah. See, this is yeah. how you know I'm not the business person. That's She's fine. tossing these things. I'm like, sure, sure. That sounds great. Right. Uh, but go ahead, Stephanie, you talk more about that because that's something you're really passionate about. Yeah. So I mean, working on the business instead of in the business, right? I'm right now trying to figure out a way to be like, Garrett, I mean, you're working full time on this. And I'm going, it's great that you're our fulfillment team. Like he is the one grinding in our garage, touching every single package which I'm like, this is wonderful. But at the same time, you're working in the business and not on the business. He has wonderful skill sets. He's worked in the vendor world now for, or he did previously for eight plus years Mm -hmm. and has amazing experience to be able to really grow Duncan and Stone to another level that Sarah and I couldn't actually do. And so we're trying to figure out now, like how do we actually offboard the fulfillment and touching every single product? And so that's where we're kind of heading right now. We're, We're working, trying to figure out what fulfillment team can be that for us moving it into a warehouse and letting somebody else fulfill our packages so we can really focus on growing our brand. I would love to see in the next year us have a hundred different influencers that are posting for us and that we're in a hundred plus boutique stores. I don't really know that we're quite ready to move into a bigger retail market. Maybe we're starting to kind of work with Mardell's. And so we have some retailers, but not necessarily like huge big box like Walmart or Target. And so we're just trying to figure out where would we actually fit in those spaces, like walking the stores going practically where would our product live in this store and then in this space. And so, but we really see our bread and butter being the boutique stores and being like a high end, you know, giftable item. Yeah. And so we, we want to make sure not just kind of stay on our track and not be everything for everybody going here, here's our niche. We know our target market. We want to stay in that target market. And so we'd lo- love to really see our website grow. It's one of the things that we, we've seen a lot of growth in our website, mm-hmm. but we would really love to see that grow a lot bigger than it currently is. And so we're kind of shaping that right now. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and are you, were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say one of the best pieces of advice that we were given as young entrepreneurs in a young company was to it's okay to go at a slow pace and don't outrun yourself. Like don't get so far ahead on such exciting ideas that you're actually in over your head. So I think part of our planning has been, what are we actually capable of so that we don't either oversell or overwork or overpromise and underdeliver? that mm-hmm. we never wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And what specifically, what was like your biggest takeaway from paper camp? That's I, I, I knew she's going to answer this. So I looked over to yeah. it because it, it was, it, it was, was a lot more, a lot more creative, uh, there was a lot of artists there, which I love. I thrived on. Yeah. I was like every night. I was like Stephanie. They get me. Like look at them. They're all. And she's like, yeah, things. I think it, you know it helped us a lot to figure out how to get a branding voice. What's going to make us unique? I would for sure say that to any other people who are thinking about launching something. Like if you're just copying what someone else is already doing, you're already behind because they're already doing it and they've been doing it longer than you. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you're doing something unique. So going to paper camp and seeing the unique voices of all the other artists that were there who were also launching things, I think it was a huge confidence boost for us to go, 
wow, like everyone we showed it to was like, I've never seen anything like this. And this is coming from people working in our industry. So that was a huge like pointing in the right direction of we're really doing this. And then I think at the time we weren't ready for wholesale, but it taught us a lot about wholesale because we knew nothing about wholesale. And we launched our wholesale arm of the company this spring. And so I feel like that really prepared us just even in the language and how the industry works within wholesale to go in knowing like this is industry standard and we are on par and we can come in even though we've never done it before and feel like we have at least a toe in the water of like this professional field and how to talk to these people. Yeah. Interesting. So that camp was more focused on the creative side than it was the actual business side? It it was two and a half days of just waterfall. Yeah. I mean, mean, it was marketing. A little bit of everything. I mean, everything. Anything that basically a business is, you need for a business, they touched on it on some level. So you probably made some good contacts while you were there. I mean, one of the biggest things that happened was us just having peer review time. Like in someone saying, here's our product, you know, poke some holes in it and give us some, you know, constructive feedback. Oh, it's great that you love it, but what do you not like about it? You know, like, because that was super helpful. There was one girl at our table who that's what she did was like create journals. Like she had gone to school to be like, whenever you touch this journal, like how, how does it make you feel from the texture and the smell and the, you know, and it was just like, we had never even thought about that before. Yeah, like that was bindings and paperweight. And right. The, All, and it was just like, you know, mind explosion and be like, oh, we could totally revamp this and make it the same content with a different, you know, with a lasting finish. Sure. So Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of times people don't realize the nuance that goes on behind the scenes of a business. Right. And you think, oh, well, that's just paper or that's just a book, but it's there's so much more to it. Yeah. There is so much more to it. So, well, that's exciting for you guys. So now yeah. when is your husband going to, uh, Sarah, quit his job? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great question. I always joke with him now. You know, he's a pastor. And so I'm always like, you know, now I'm about to be the breadwinner and you can come work for me after all these years of me being the side hustle. Now you can be the side hustle. That's funny. That's funny. So would you encourage, I mean, just speaking, and you use my favorite word of of a side hustle. Would you encourage those listening to this, if they had a side hustle that they were kind of piddling around with to, what would you say to them in terms of encouraging them to go, go in deep on it? I mean, I think the first thing is at some point you're going to have to make a bold move. And I luckily had someone to kind of push me to that. But if I had been left to my own devices, I would have been sitting on a really great idea that probably went nowhere. I mean, besides my tiny little corner of Etsy internet, you know, I wouldn't have ever thought of mass producing or pursuing that. And so Stephanie came along and she said, we're going to make a bold move. We're going to invest. We're going to find someone who can print these and distribute them. And then I think Garrett, Stephanie's husband, has been so great about making us celebrate every little win because there have been so many like setbacks and fumbles and learning curves. Like that's going to be everybody launching a business. But Garrett's been so intentional about going, hey, when really good things happen, we're going to celebrate because then when we get to the next hard thing, it doesn't feel like we've just been in a series of losses. We've made sure to celebrate our wins as those have happened as well. Yeah, you got to you have to celebrate the victories. I, and I would tell anybody listening to this podcast if your guys are getting those of you that are listening are getting motivated by what uh Stephanie and Sarah are saying and and you're sitting there like, "Yeah, I need to I need to start focusing on this little side hustle that I have." You should get it going because I think there's so many businesses that are being created right here in Northwest Arkansas right. that are finding success and that are growing. I mean, I I think I've I've had a a, a gentleman named Andrew Gibbs Dabney on and he created a thing called Lives In. It sounds like what how I said it lives in, but that's it's a design. He he designs clothing, and he used to work with Fayette Chill. And his clothing, I'm wearing actually wearing his pants right now. Shout out to you, Andrew. But his pants are some of the most comfortable pants I've ever worn, mm-hmm. and I can wear them riding my bike. I can wear them on a hike. I can wear them doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he's he literally lives right down the road from you guys. So that's, right. that's what's so funny, and it's so. I mean, I just think that Northwest Arkansas is kind of a very fertile ground. Oh, for for, sure. for entrepreneurship, for business development. There's a lot of people here that have had a lot of success that you can pull mm-hmm. on for advice and help. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys have gotten advice from people in the community that have seen what you're doing and have said, hey, mm-hmm. if I can help in any way, you mm-hmm. know. And the other thing too that I like about this area is that it, it's people are more about collaboration, not about competition. Right. I would agree, especially in our as we've started into wholesale, that's something that I've found to be really unique and encouraging about Northwest Arkansas is other small businesses 
want to come alongside us, promote us, to encourage us. Like it's not a competitive market in terms of small businesses cutting each other down. And local shops, they're like, we love this. We love that you're local. We want you to be in. That's been really special. That's a great point. I would say too, another thing that you could do, I was circling back around to the question on, you know, what would you do if you had this idea or this, you know, thing that you wanted to, you've been doing a side hustle, you want to grow it. Mm -hmm. I would say researching the market. I mean, that was one of the things that I did pretty extensively at night. I would sit down with the program and I ran all the stats on, well, who else is doing this and how how well are they selling? And we had a program called Jungle Scout and I was, Mm -hmm. you know, researching you know, all of Amazon to figure out, okay, you know, in this baby market or in this giftable journal items, like how are they selling? What's selling well? What isn't selling well? Walking the stores and looking to see like what kind of competitions out there. Um, I would do that with anything that you're doing a side hustle on to really see is the need there? And then where is the need? And then how to fill that gap? Yeah. I mean, uh, market research is huge. Right. And and then the thing is nowadays you can do it. Like I know Jungle Scout because my wife used to use it when she did fulfillment by Amazon and Jungle Scout's a really good tool to use. And it's the same way you tell people, oh, well, you should use some type of SEO keyword search tool to search keywords that are related to the business that you're doing. So you can find out what people are searching for to find the things that you're selling or the idea mm-hmm. that you're talking about or whatever it is. And it's it, you know just a little bit of time and effort behind a keyboard and a computer will take you a long way and will really prepare you for, you know, right. answering those questions. Well, it just gives you the confidence to step out to know there is a need there and I can help fill that need. Exactly. And so, because if you don't have that, then it, it really gave us the confidence to step forward and yeah. be like, wow, like I didn't realize that that particular journal was selling, you know, $20,000 a month on Amazon. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like who would have thought that that, you know, like, look at the, gra- I mean, the graphics, we could totally make better graphics than that, you know, yeah. like, so... Yeah, my buddy John Lee Dumas, uh, he did Entrepreneur on Fire. He was like the first guy that he's not my buddy. I mean, I just know him. Uh, actually, no, know him. But he he did. Uh, he was the first guy to do like a daily podcast for several years, and it was called Entrepreneur on Fire. Was the name of the podcast, and he still does a variation of it. It's called EO Fire now. But he created this thing called the Freedom Journal, and it was for small business owners. And he's he has sold a couple million dollars worth of this Freedom Journal. And this is in addition to everything else that he's That's doing. Amazing. And it's just, yeah, it's just like, so a lot of times people sit and say, you know, you can psych yourself out by saying, oh, the market doesn't want this. You don't know what the market wants until you right. find out, until you check the market. Right. And if you if you don't test the market, then, you know, because I could have easily said, oh, well, the market doesn't need a podcast for Northwest Arkansas, but I found out it really does need one. And I'm I'm kind of basking in this now. And I'm just like, you have to be do your due diligence. Right. Figure out what's what and how you can benefit from it. Cause you'd be surprised. I mean, there are people out there selling the craziest things mm-hmm. and selling a lot of them. <laughs> right. And you don't even realize how many they're selling of them until you start looking right. into it. And then right, you're like, right. I'm that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You think, oh, nobody's buying that. And you're right. like, what? Nobody's buying it. They just sold ninety thousand units <laughs> last month. It's right. Like, that's a lot. Right. So. So yeah, so I I just think people need to do their due diligence and thankfully, you know, with examples like what you guys are doing with Duncan Stone and the hard work that you're putting in and the stories that you're sharing and are willing to share, I think it will provide some encouragement for others to say, you know what, you know, Stephanie and Sarah can do it and their husbands can help out then, you know, four of us and I'm just thinking of a a mythical couple here in Northwest Arkansas. The four of us can do that too, right? You know, right. and cuz I'm sure there are other couples that have said, you know, said we should start a business. And everybody says it, but then after that, when you realize there is hard work behind those that sentence, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you're either going to do it or you're not. Right. And because of where we live, it's very easy to go, okay, I know somebody who started a business. Like I, I wanted to, like for us, we're trying to create a paper goods product and we have no idea. Where do we even manufacture this? You know, like who do you even talk to? But there's so many people in this area, if you start asking and we'll they will lead you down a path that will help you figure out the answer to that question. Like, do you have a, do, you know, do you have a connection with someone who does paper goods manufacturing? And lo and behold, it was like, oh, we had a friend of a friend. Hey, connect with this person. They could probably help you. And they gave us some great guidance. And the same thing with doing um, online retail or even web design. Like mm-hmm. all of these, it's just us going to people. This could be that bold step. Like you going, I'm going to call that person and I'm going to finally say, let's grab lunch. Can you teach me what you know about this thing? Yeah. Or yeah. just push you push you in a direction that will help you get to the answer. Yeah. Because there's I mean, you're a couple steps away from getting the answer in the area that we live in. 
because there are so many, it's just, there's so many different people with so many different resources. Exactly. Yeah. No, without a doubt. So yeah, you guys got me excited because I think it's, it's just needed. And that's why I like telling these stories, these business and entrepreneurship stories, because it does encourage other people to get out, get out of the, you know, get out of the shallow end and, and dive into the deep end. You know, it is deep and it mm-hmm. might be cold, but you know, it's, it's all mm-hmm. good. You'll be fine. So, right. Yeah. You'll be fine. So as we close out, what's the easiest way for people to connect with you guys at Duncan and Stone and give us the website address? So you can follow us on Instagram. Okay. Our Instagram handle is Duncan and Stone. <laughs> Super creative. And then our website is www.duncanandstone.com. And we'll make sure that all that's in the show notes so that people know how to connect with you. And, you know, guys, I, I would encourage guys, and I'm talking to people here listening to this, check out their website. They have some really great stuff. And, and you know, you need to maybe order a keepsake for a family member or even for yourself. But, you know, support this local business here in Northwest Arkansas. And, and, and let's, you know, let's be bystanders that cheer them on as they continue to grow and and become something special right here in Northwest Arkansas. So Stephanie, Sarah, really appreciate you guys uh, sharing. And and I will just ask you this last, two last things. When you aren't fully grinding or on your grind (laughs) for the business, what do you guys like to do here in Northwest Arkansas? Oh man. Well, I mean, I think because we have six kids between us, we spend a lot of time outdoors. Yep. So whether that's either like at one of our awesome local parks or just in our backyards or hiking, my family loves to go to the Buffalo. Yep. Your family's more a bike fam. Like you guys do a lot yeah, of biking. Yeah, we bike. We bike Lake Fayetteville. Okay. Um, and then whenever we don't have our kids, Garrett and I will go play tennis. So we'll go find a, that's a right. park. He does go- play tennis. Yeah, okay. we love okay. to play yeah, tennis. Good, yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, no, that's we're, awesome. we're more foodies than <laughs> tennis. So we're like going around to the restaurants and Stephanie's like, we're playing tennis. You want to join? I'm like, yeah, I mean, we're going to Giraldi's. I'm about yeah. to get some pizza. Yeah. Oh, I know. Giraldi's is good. So what's your, is that your favorite pizza that's, spot? That's, uh, oh, pizza's a tough choice. It is. But that is for sure our go-to. To, like local restaurant. Okay. We're probably at Giraldi's once a week. It's great for our family. The kids love it. The kids just die for their homemade Italian bread and marinara. Sure. Oh, don't even get me started. Have you been to MJ's? No. In oh, Springdale? Oh, you got to challenge me yeah. with my marinara. Ooh, I'm in. I yeah, love it. Let's yeah. try it out. Miles James has, who used to have the, um, I forget the name of his high hyper fine restaurant that uh, James on the mill. Oh yeah. So he has a place called, it is called MJ. So it's, it's, and I think he's trying to franchise it or create several locations, but it's right there in Springdale, right next to the liquor store off of, I, I don't know what exit that is off of 49, but MJ's pizza is out of this world. Okay. Um, I'm about to clear my calendar yeah, tonight. I, I, I would MJ's. definitely recommend, recommend MJ's awesome. and, and there's so many others. Any other restaurant you want to throw out there? I mean, Riot's Barbecue. Oh, oh we yes. love. We're waiting Riot's for the barbecue. patio to yes, open back up. I'm yes, like, Jordan, yes. get those tables stained. Oh, and man. you want to talk about our favorite activities? Not a joke. We are probably there twice a week in the summer on Wright's patio because it's so great for the kids and for families. Absolutely. We love it. A little cornhole and some barbecue. And yeah, I mean, they now happen to got- be friends of ours too, so right, that doesn't right, hurt. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, he was on episode seven of this podcast, so we we've always supported Wright's Barbecue. Big shout out to uh, to those guys and. And what they're doing, they've, they've expanded their location there in Johnson. It looks really nice. I can't wait to get mm-hmm. on the inside and see it. And they have a new location in Bentonville. So if you want some of the best barbecue in the state, maybe in the region, you need to check out Wright's Barbecue. But that's good. I'm glad you, you mentioned And they're that. growing their rub and sauces in Walmart. Yes, so. that's right. Hey, yes. Who do you work for? Duncan and Stone? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe my maybe side has more right. <laughs> She's just trying Listen, to get food for dinner last night. She's trying to get some free barbecue. The lady so. likes her barbecue. So I'll be sure to tag Jordan in this episode so he knows that we, we gave right. him a big shout out. So, And that's the thing I like, though, right? I mean, we support local businesses. Oh, I mean, it's, again, we, like, we live and breathe it. I'm always talking about new businesses or businesses that have been around. Like, um, I don't know if you guys have been to KDK's Chicken and Waffles. It's a food truck right down by Bomb yes. Stadium. Have you been there? Yes, delicious. Have you had there? They have these insane. Friend, she knows. They have these insane <laughs> waffle fry uh, thing with chicken. They with chicken tenders. Oh, you need to. It's with right up your alley. Fries. I've never had this, and I'm going to just tell you. It's just these. It's like imagine buff if buffalo wings and waffles had a waffle fries had a baby. Oh this man, this is what it I'm would in. be, and it's just. I mean, it's. They drizzle like a little blue cheese sauce on top. And here's the kicker. The waffle fries have syrup on them, a special syrup that they make. And I'm not one to, I don't really like mixing my sweets and my sours, 
or, you know, my salties. But this works like nothing I've ever had before. Oh, man. I love mix, mix, sauce mixing. I'm yeah. Like, I'm all I mean, in. no, this is so all. This I, is, I need you, to go. You got to go down. And if you go down there, just as a, as a big guy, his name is Keith. He used to play football for the University of Arkansas, played for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. He's also been on this podcast. But just go down there, tell Keith that you talk to the folks at I'm Northwest Arkansas. That's for you ladies and for anybody listening. Support him and his partner. They have an amazing food there and just some of the best chicken tenders that I've ever had in this area. And that's saying something because we have a lot of chicken tender places <laughs> yeah. in here, Slims, yeah. and it just goes on and on. So now I'm, make, I'm getting myself hungry, so you I'm going to stop. So <laughs> I'm going to have to make a foodie keepsake yeah. journal after this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That would be, that would be a good idea. So yes, listen, Stephanie Peters, Sarah Autry, thank you guys so thank much you. for thank coming you. on the podcast. I have to give Garrett a big shout out for making this happen. I really appreciate it because I think your story is, it resonates with me and I think it's going to resonate with our listeners. So thank you so much for joining us on I Am Northwest Arkansas. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I hope you guys liked that. It was so cool to sit down and talk with Stephanie and Sarah. I don't know about you, but I am motivated to go out and continue to get my hustle on and make some things happen. Listen, we want to encourage you to do a couple of things for us. Would you mind rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that. We are getting some amazing ratings and amazing reviews of the podcast from people that listen both near and far. So if this podcast has impacted you in any way, shape, or form, the biggest currency that you could give us would be to write a review for the podcast and let us know what you think. We're constantly trying to improve and we really appreciate you. Remember, this podcast can be found anywhere that great podcasts that you find podcasting. So Spotify, Google, you name it, we're there. You can even ask your Alexa to play the latest episode of of I Am Northwest Arkansas, and Alexa will oblige. So there you have it. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. I'm excited to be with you guys. Remember, we bring you the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life here in the Ozarks. Our episodes come out every Monday without fail. So we will see you next week. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.